You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. To our hopes and our plans Forget about your indecision Let's get the beast of our land A tree that can grow no longer A beach that has got no sand I have begun now Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Um, just before we start, I wanted to kind of uh, say rest in peace to uh, Taylor Brinkerhoff um, from California. Um, I know he was a listener of the podcast. We had a couple of great conversations about it. Um, I just thought he passed saw that he passed away this week. So I want to extend my condolences to his family, his wife, his family, all his friends out in California. I, I know he it's a it's a big loss for a lot of folks out there. So um, you're in our thoughts and. Uh, you know, I just want to give a shout out to Taylor. Uh, thank you. Uh, so we're not like super community guys and everything. We get we get enough of that in hardcore itself. But like we've met a lot of cool people through doing the podcast, and you know it, it, it is a, a a really sad thing when anybody to me now I, like because I'm getting old. If you're under sixty and you're dead, that's sad. You know what I mean? So I, oh, I'm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm sad for that. Um, I, I'm going to try to bring us in a different direction, not to take anything away from that, by giving another shout out to uh, uh, Bob and I's former roommate, Paul, uh, the birth of his second child. Um, and the reason that I mention this, everybody, uh, and it's just to, it's also being serious. Uh, I thought I could lighten the mood, but it's also serious. Um, science takes you pretty far uh but uh not all doctors know everything it was uh, uh this child wasn't expected to live uh child is healthy and doing well so uh you gotta sometimes uh you know better than your doctors uh, it's not often that i say that but uh, uh our man paul rolled a dice and uh it, it came up uh, uh, good for him this time so uh you know, uh, Bob and I both uh, really yeah. care about Paul, so so ha- happy for that. Very happy to hear that. Um, my f- thoughts and feelings out to Taylor, his family around him, um, and friends. Uh, uh, I second everything that both Tom and, and Pat said. I'm, I'm not a community. Community is a weird concept in a lot of ways, but um, it's amazing the people we get to meet through doing this podcast and get to hear from. So, uh, thank you to everyone out there. So, all right, let's get into, um, the it. hardcore podcast, right? That's it. See, see, Pat, that's how you say it. Bob says it was chest. The, that was chest. I didn't sound that loud. Look, it was, it was understated chest because we're coming off somber shit, right? Somber right, and serious. Right. And like, right, let me get joyful. Shout out to Paul. Let me say something. Let's. Paul's a hairy dude. Fact. Hope his baby uh, takes after the mother on that angle. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah, right? same. same. Um, and Bob's also the type of dude that him saying it with his chest is different. Mm. 
like some people don't have to raise their voice to be like, all right, fuck, yeah. okay, you know what I mean? Like sometimes, sometimes you have to be, to yell to get attention. Sometimes all you gotta whisper, man. You seem psychotic when you whisper. That's not, no, not you, Bob. I'm just saying in no. general, like depending on what what energy you bring into the game. It's true. You know, I'm just you saying. No, you, you should know a thing or two about that from our our good friend Black Agar, Patrick. Yes, that's a, a fact. Whisper is all yeah. you need. A whisper is all you need. I was like, what is that? I don't even know who that is. Black Blackagar Boltagon, aka Black Bolt from the Inhumans, a Marvel comic series, which Patrick has tattooed on him. Fact. Did not know that. Uh, Tom, it's Patrick? the most you know how the Hulk is is a metaphor for your inability to control your anger? Yeah. Uh, th- this one seems very obvious. Basically, he's he's the king of uh like a very powerful uh, uh, race of people, and uh, yeah. but but his his power is also his disability. He can't speak for himself. He has to gesture everything to his wife because if he talks, if he even raises a it, whisper, you know, whisper, it, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So so he's extremely powerful. All this stuff, but in such a destructive way. It's a, it's actually an interesting. Uh, thought to people who have microphones in general and the power of word. Speaking of comic books, I'm very excited that this weekend the Watchmen is available all weekend on HBO for free, and oh, I didn't cool. get to watch that ep- that that series. I've heard good things. I've heard I it heard really it good, hmm. um, but I didn't realize. I don't know. I watched the Watchmen movie, mm-hmm. then I decided to buy a Watchmen book, which I never opened. Yeah, because I was like, this, "This is my foray. I'm ba- I'm going. I'm back, baby. Like I haven't read a comic <laughs> book since I was fucking eight. But sure. Then I'm like, oh, this book. You know, I was in like the place on 13th Street and Broadway. I forget the name of the place. Uh, Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet. Yeah, that spot's great. And we were like walking around. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to buy one of these like trades, whatever you guys call mm-hmm. them. And I just I I still have the receipt in the book. Never opened it. Um, <laughs> but apparently, gonna- this is a little different from a lot different from the movie itself. That's right. I'm excited. Tom, we're going to give you a few uh, comic starter points because while I I am a pretty big fan of the Watchmen uh, trade, it's not a good starting point, and especially not in 2020. I actually think you could get behind Daredevil. Definitely. uh, Ed Brubaker or the Brian Michael Bendis. He's He's from Hell's Kitchen. All right. Blind superhero but he's also a lawyer that's and, me uh, right that's you there you go right. except for the blind part um but yeah, i'm like half blind <laughs> but he, uh, that's cool there's been some recent takes on him that have been done well that feel concise that have a cool unique kind of edgy art style but that still feels clean like it's easy it's easy to follow the story but it's also like adult it's not right. whereas watchman's for adults, but it's from a different time. It's very wordy. There's a lot of word bubbles, a lot of this. Whereas I just want more a lot of recent action. ones. Yeah, there's a lot more action, and, and it's right. kind of a fun follow. Are we going uh, to uh, the the secret stash in uh, Red Bank? We we can we can. I'm going to say this. There's going to be a point pretty soon where only major cities have comic book stores. Yeah, and like New York will probably only have a few. So, um, Forbidden Planet might be our f- quicker stop if secrets, but Secret Sash is cool. So, uh, related, I 
I'm at the stage in this uh, video game job that I took where I I have to pitch, I have to pitch these. Uh, basically, I, I got the job with a pitch. Then I had to pitch uh, t- like eight more ideas, uh, and now those ideas have gone through. Uh, the people at the the boss and everybody else, and now they're they want uh, me to refine three of them, and I did refine one of them the other day, turned it into a one page uh, pitch document, and when I was done, I said, "Oh, that's Daredevil Born Again," you know, what I mean, which is like a famous <laughs> famous storyline. I, like, I, I, I said, "Oh, oh," <laughs> but you know what? It's great. Does, so I think it, it can play. It yeah, exactly. Yo, it's uh, it can play. It can play. Um, speaking of other things that are great, let's give a shout out to some of our sponsors. How about that? Yes. Let's do it. Uh, let's start. Let's start with our buddies at Closed Casket Activities. Um, thank you. Throwback time. Um, we don't have a Facebook group for people to be mad at me about it. <laughs> now I'm gonna, I'm bringing the shit back. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to join about that shit on the No Echo site. Fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love No Echo. Um, I love you, Carl. So uh, our, our buddies at Closed Casket have f- officially, finally announced their most recent uh, Closed Casket team-up, which is with Regional Justice Center. And they just released a one-song single called uh, KKK Tattoo which feels very pointed and interesting. And I think it's intended to say, Hey, wait, what the fuck is that? Um, Patrick, why don't you, can you explain a little bit? Uh, I actually know sure. the story. I listen to oh. Patrick's podcast with Ian. Well, Tom, oh, did no you shit. explain Thank it? You, Tom, you explain? Yeah. I do. I mean, you know what? I, I find, you know, I, I love you, Patrick. I do. You can oh, say worst possible rough for you. It is a little bit because I know I got like a shtick and like because then I get some of the blowback. <laughs> you know, like I, you know, I work really hard. I, I'm like trying to help people, and then people are like, "Yo, Patrick thinks fucking masks are for you know, like." And, like, and then someone people send me stories of like you're reading a book that has hyperlinks in it, and I was like, I can't take this seriously. The book has hyperlinks in it, links to something that you can't click on. Fuck this dude. It's, it's originally uh, a PDF. Books. <laughs> but I find um, I really like that that um, podcast. I find Ian eminently listenable as well. Um, mm, I think he's mm. super smart, and I think you guys work off each other quite well. Um, you both obviously don't really give a fuck about any of it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but I think I like that you guys have similar and differing ideas about things. Um and everything's very well considered, which I appreciate because mm. it gives me – like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of it that way. And I, I, that's always what I'm looking for. But yeah, I, I agree with that. Recent one. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, that's different. I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but it makes total sense. I still may not totally agree, but I never even considered that as a possibility, which is really, you know, what Thank else you, is Tom. like? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a very big compliment. Um, the story, if you would. Um, yeah, Pat might be able to speak better to it, but I okay, do yeah. know, like he, um, Ian had not um, been in contact with his father for an extended period of time, if ever. Mm-hmm. And then he met him, and he realized he had a KKK tattoo. Correct on his arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there may be more I, that Pat can like fl- like flush out, but well, I, I and, think and his dad, his dad explained that it was a uh, 
basically had to get it in prison, you know, because, right. Um, and long story short of it, it was the idea of like seeing your own father, someone who's, you know, biologically about as close as you can get, <clears throat> who went down a path that you clearly have never considered, but it makes you wonder and think like, damn, what, what, what twists could have my life taken that would have put me on that road? You know, like what the fuck? Which is what makes the song to me more relevant than, than kind of a tacky uh, wrote sort of approach to this, which is we all think there, but the grace of God go I, when we talk about uh, somebody getting, you know, a, a bad cancer, but we don't think about it when it comes to something like bad thoughts. Uh, but the reality is, uh, I mean, the reality is a thing that everybody knows that nobody admits, which is if you've got, it's a, you're a couple bad breaks away from having thoughts that you, that you don't want. And, and it's best to admit that to yourself, that you're not impervious to these like things that we think are like pretty evil, you know, like they can manifest in an otherwise healthy mind if you're, you're exposed to bad things. If you, if your upbringing fucking sucks, it, it, it's, it's just like, there's a million lucky breaks that you are not a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? And like, people don't like to look at it like that way. People like to look at it. Like I wouldn't be a piece of shit ever. You know what I mean? No matter what, no matter what <laughs> stimuli came in, but, right. but yo, Tom, Tom works with, with, with inmates. Tom can tell you, it's not like, life is not certain like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can be, uh, you can have a lot of bad influences in your life that can uh, arrive you in a place that uh, none of us want to be. And some of that is like, some of that is like really some fucking ugly ideologies along the way. And because they're ideologies, people are like, Oh no, I would never subscribe to that. And like, yo, maybe you wouldn't good for you, but like you're closer than you ever think. You know what I mean? So so, you're born in fucking, you know, Alabama and not in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it matters. Have a different brother. Hundred bring, miles. You know, hundred miles difference. Like, no shots at Alabama. We all love Alabama, but you know. I love right? it. Yeah. Yo, I mean, that's that's actually a great way you frame that because the difference between somebody who grew up in Atlanta and say a hundred miles away, a hundred miles is less than two hours really um, on an interstate. And you could go where anywhere from where we are from all three of us and you know, yo, you can go a hundred miles from New York city and end up in a place where, uh, you don't see people of color. Like, I mean, they just literally aren't there and you could end up with some pretty ugly, uh, mentalities. And, um, and I'm not saying that's the reason that you do, but circumstances can be really different. Um, and a hundred miles sounds like a lot, but it's not much at all. Nope. So, um, but yeah, I think that song is fucking fantastic. It's yeah. fucking four minutes, which is wild for them. Yes. Yes. Um, but I think it's like their opus. Like, I think this is, they've been, been kind of building in hardcore, you know what I mean? Like kind of, they're the go-to band for that style. Mm-hmm. And I think this record will only help them get bigger. Completely agree. Um, Hopefully by the time you hear this, the there's still some available of the first press. I have a feeling you'll see a repress on this. All of the proceeds are going to a good cause. I, I can't remember what it's going to. I, I would. I don't know if one of you has. That. Yeah, let me hold, hold on. I'll look it up. I think that it was going to the 
bail fund, but I could be wrong. Yes, that's correct. You're hundred percent right. It's going to the bail fund. Um, so please support that. Uh, I can't, I, I'm very excited to see what this teaming goes for. I'm pretty sure that, uh, regional justice center is working on more new material, um, because that's how they roll. So, uh, go to close casket activities.com. Tom, you're going to enter a promo code. That is X to grind. Patrick, what are you going to do with that promo code? Spell it out. Boom. Um, speaking of close casket, can I make Please. one? I would just like to give a shout out to our homeboy, Will Putney, who did that, um, that marathon thing on Sunday and Monday of this past over last week, as you're listening to this. Yes. Um, they ended up raising $65,000. Not bad. Yeah. And I had, um, he forwarded me the email. Someone won the indecision package with the person's um, mailing address. And I had to send, I sent it to Rachel because Rachel has all the stuff. So I was like, hey, can you send um, the winner his stuff? And she goes, oh my God, someone actually wanted that. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm sure probably more than just that one person. Like it was a <laughs> raffle. He won. <laughs> She's like, I better not see that shit on eBay. I'm like, are you going to check eBay now? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing else to do. You just well, she does sell a lot of her like dog stuff through eBay. So whoever won, just know that Rachel She's Rose looking. is keeping an eye on that extra large European T-shirt because if you're not from like Belgium or Bay Ridge, you probably don't have one. True. So I'm just saying. Belgium. But there's been a lot, a lot of lovely things going on with people raising money. Yeah. You know, with with regional justice center and and what Will did, Will. and I got to watch our boy Dustin Loudon, Dusty, Dustin um, Loudon. Yeah, he was great. Um, I watched Justin Brandon; he was great. Mm. I watched Brian not lose. You know, what I mean, it, yeah. it, it, was, it was really cool. It was it was a cool idea, and um, I think um, a lot of the L.A. and California dudes are doing that as well now. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, like, uh, Nate from Zabalba, I believe, is setting yeah, up something West. that looks really cool. Yeah, yeah and they're doing like kind of um, same thing, like raising money and stuff like that. But they're doing like interviews and like DJ sets and stuff. I don't know how. Maybe down the line they'll do live sets. I have no idea. Yeah. But like they're doing it every Sunday, Sunday. I think, from Sunday, one of yeah. like one of the venues that they have, which I think to raise money and it's fucking awesome. And uh, yeah, as we've said the whole time, it makes you very proud to be part of this craziness. True. Very true. So, um, yeah, like that, that stuff, $65,000 is a crazy amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> so, John um, Carpino, I did a bunch of stuff too, but yeah, it'll be off sale by the time this that's right. um, episode went up. But people miss that. People should keep a, keep an eye out. There is some really cool stuff. We try to highlight some of it. And, uh, if people send it, we, we put it up, but, um, you know, it, it's really cool to see the effort that a lot of people are putting into that. Um, Swinging around, yes. Let's talk about one of our other sponsors, Run for Cover Records. And uh, before we, we, you know, we do this, we kind of do some chat. We we did Run for Cover a little bit last week. This week, kind of talking, we were like, you know what? Let's let's dig into the bag a little bit. Let's let's pull something deep catalog because because we know we do that sometimes but we we probably don't do it as much as we'd like because we'd like to focus on the new stuff but run for cover has a pretty cool diverse you know catalog uh, so so we wanted to pull something tom your suggestion i really liked so do you want to take it from there 
Sure. Um, my suggestion was the Feast of Love LP by Pity Sex. Mm. Great record. Uh, great record. Great, great record. That came out, uh, I don't know the date, 2012, I want to say. Is that possible? Yeah, sounds like it, right in that range. 2013. 2013. Um, it's a great record. I think um, you know people should revisit it or listen to it for the first time. I think it's it's it was kind of almost before its time a little bit. Yeah, um, and I think both vocalists are great. I think it it you know it it kind of gives you like a I don't know I hear like a little um little my bloody Valentine. Maybe not as like deafening. Um, yeah, it's you know, got that kind of warmth and fuzziness. That, yeah, like the um, fuzziness of my bloody Valentine. Like the kind of like um, I'm a sucker for like the when um, Black Francis and Kim Deal go back and forth and yeah. pick these, and I think they have some of that. And I think it's it's a it's a really great record um, that I think everyone should give a shot. I think it's 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 good driving around summer music. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a this is good summer evening music for yes. sure. Yeah. Um I want to uh I, I I second that strongly. I also will throw in the Walter Schreifels an open letter to the scene LP. Um this was actually sort of <clears throat> this was an LP that was originally released on another label, but there weren't a lot of copies of it. And I want to shout out Tom and Jeff at Run for Cover and everybody, but but they kind of, much like me, loved this record and saved it and pulled it up and were like, yo, this is so it's a solo record by Walter. Really cool, um mellow, but like unbelievably catchy in the same way. Uh some of Walter's best songs, if you've never heard the song Save the Savables, you gotta hear it. Um the song Requiem gotta hear it uh the song she is to me gotta hear it and he also does uh society suckers by agnostic front which and it's is fucking awesome fantastic yes it's so fucking cool so, so both those records are available currently at run for cover records while you're there maybe check out self-defense family records too you would do that patrick by entering the promo code axe to grind and i'd like to thank everybody for we had like a really good uh, release. Don't put all of this in in the in the box though, because no, 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 don't do that. But, but we had we had a really good uh, uh, <laughs> uh, sort of like few like the first few days on that. I uh, I love when I get texts that are like uh, haven't blown it. You know what I mean? Like seriously writing this all down, thinking this is part of the uh, <laughs> yeah the, the promo code. <laughs> Tom, clarify for the people: the promo code is X to grind. Just that. That's it. Right, right there. Yeah. And and. Then- and Patrick, you got to self-defense spell family, it spell it out. Right? Go buy my record. Buymyrecord.com. Buy um, okay. <laughs> Big shout-outs to our other sponsors, to Live a Lie Records and Deathwish Inc. Fuck yes. Love them both. Uh, doing lots of cool stuff. Check out all the new offerings from all these guys. Same promo code, discount, discount, discount. Oh, how's it going, guys? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scattered, you know? I'm, uh, yeah. uh, I'm supposed to, I've been staying at this nice spot, but now it's time to leave and I'm moving stuff. So when somebody does you like a, I don't know, I was here how long, three months, four months. Yeah. A mitzvah. So yeah, yeah, yeah I'm trying to do the math. It's like, it's like 35, three months. 
okay, so thirty five hundred in, in, in rent that I did not pay. Ten thousand uh, dollars. Yeah. And and now, so when somebody does you a ten thousand dollar favor, the worst thing you can, or the 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 least you can do, is help them pack, uh, mm-hmm. for to move all this shit out of here. But you know how selfish I am, fellas. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of like I'm a little put out. Uh, I'm uh, I'm helping him pack right now. Helping him like I'm getting all this stuff ready to take the. We begged the new tenant to buy this shit off us, and he's just he's yeah. he's, he's, he's like a little not interested. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, nah, it's not my style. So uh, now I've got to move all this bullshit for my friend. Can't say no because uh, he just did so good by me. And uh, it, it's, uh, but it's going to be sad to go. You know what I mean? I, I, I loved my lifestyle here. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. I would just like to point out that for the amount of rent that you did not pay the last yeah. three months, yeah. if you were getting paid $15 an hour, you owe 666 hours and 67 minutes. So, no, 666 hours. So, I mean, if you get off easy at 50 hours. Yeah, yeah that's a fact. I, I mean, I, I listen, I should be, I should just be grateful and happy to do it, but I'm not that guy. I'm not grateful, you know? I, there's no part of me that's not selfish. So, this is, uh, <laughs> these are it, not it, the pull quotes you want to have on recording. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm not that guy. Uh, I'm not grateful for anything. I'm selfish. Uh, yeah, you know, um, so, uh, got to figure that out. And I'm, I'm just, uh, like, you, you ever have like one of those sitcom moments where you misread something and you're mad stupid? So today, I, I, I got a text, hey, Patrick, we're downstairs. And I go, what? And I, I, I'm awake. There's not, there's nothing. You know, I'm just confused, and I go, "Oh, I must have got the time wrong. I'm supposed to sell this parachute." Yes, this is a real story. I'm yep, supposed yep. to, I'm supposed to sell this parachute to this lady. Okay, and then I, I go downstairs, and I feel I look lost and confused because it's the wrong lady, wrong time, wrong event, and I'm supposed to be showing off the apartment instead to the new tenant, and the apartment is fucking smashed. It looks like I party. And like it, it, it's disgusting. So then I had to apologize as I lead this dude in here and the real estate agent. It smells bad. There's funky underwear everywhere. It's just like Jesus, a nightmare. Dude. And but it was just like such confusion. Like I like it was like I woke up, but I didn't. I didn't just. I'd been awake for three hours, but mm-hmm. I just felt deep confusion. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at today. I was hoping the uh, sitcom moment was your realization that you're going to be back upstate soon. And like it was going to be like a perfect strangers like sitcom montage intro of you arriving back in Albany, seeing yeah, all the da- sights, and then like my, putting my your bag is, down in the garage. Like, all right, my, my dad is cousin Larry, and I'm Balky. <laughs> yes, I mean <laughs> that is uh, that is too real. So, um, so you move into New York. What are you doing? You know, so Airbnbs in Tijuana are only twenty bucks. I thought about hanging out there for a week, but. I really got to get back and, and record, uh, record this record. You know, like there's a drug church record that basically got put off because who knows when the fuck touring is going to be remotely normal. And we can talk about the fact that now live nation wants everybody to take a beating on these fucking shows. Uh, that was fucking crazy. I read that. I well, mean, I mean, that's, that's, we've been saying that that's, that's kind of like what we implied. And it's just you amazing. Yeah, it's amazing what they're putting out there. I mean, I knew exactly – like everything in there was exactly what I had been told. 
and the only thing that I hadn't seen was the like, like oh, if a performer cancels, they owe us double the guarantee, and it's like, blow me, like yeah, no, come on. Your van breaks down, you got to be like, well, you're only giving us five hundred bucks, but here's a thousand. Like, suck it, yeah, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, we knew that there was going to be some austerity measures and uh sometimes uh i think greece did it most recently sometimes people push back against austerity you know what i mean sometimes people aren't yeah ready. yeah no so, so now reading that like i mean i got they were gonna be like hey so these guarantees are not gonna be as lucrative as they used to be that i was you know you could fucking see that coming a mile away one mm-hmm. thing that i never understood that i read that i i, I was never privy to if so you're you know you're playing a thousand cap room and, you know, a week before the show, they were like, we only sold like 200 tickets. So they're going to cancel the show. You still get paid for that? Because uh, so, the way yeah. it reads, it says you'd get 25%. But, like, if you cancel the show, don't you have to refund all those tickets that you did sell? Yeah, but it, it's uh, – well, then then it's a promoter loss. So, so like – it, it is uh it's essentially like a kill fee of oh no you know I mean? <laughs> oh no uh and it's not like that for for every show i didn't know that like it's rare that i'm the one reading the contracts but certainly i've been in that situation before uh i remember one time we got paid decently for a venue double booking so like it wow. it wasn't on, it wasn't on us uh, we sold enough tickets i guess i don't i don't fucking right. know but but it was a double booking situation and it was like, Oh, this sucks. And then your booking agent calls you and says, you're getting paid anyway. And everybody cheers. Everybody's like, Hey, okay. And I never uh, knew that was a thing. I, I always thought like when you see these shows, you're like, yeah, like it's always some bullshit. It's never like, yo, we only sold four tickets. So we got canceled. It's always like due to uh double, you know, like a scheduling issue or whatever the fuck. Oh, yeah. Listen, everybody, uh, a lot of shows that got canceled got canceled for low ticket sales, and you were told that there was a a flood at the venue. Uh, that, that's a lot. <laughs> there wasn't a flood of people. That was a problem. Yes. Um. So wait. So you got you got records to finish. Yeah. Let's let's figure this out. Um. One thing that's more that that I kind of want to start because I think this Live Nation thing's amazing. We saw Riot Fest is. Uh, is theoretically happening, I guess. Um, Next September, yeah. Wait, Next is it 2021? It's 2021. They canceled oh, this year. Okay, 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 okay. Then that's different. I was thinking September. Uh, Can we talk about the stuff that we talked about in text? Yes, let's go. All right, did, number did one. They, yeah, yeah. Please, you used to Riot, kick us off. Riot, Riot Fest has a sense of humor. Yeah, I don't. I hope. I hope that's what it is. And just so number Not one, I mean. Calling your fest – I mean it's been Riot Fest forever, so you can't really change it. But in the current climate, Riot Fest seems fucking real tenured, number one. Yeah. <laughs> but then you can't really change that. There's there's huh. like – there's you, you can't. You can't. And there's money involved in that and there's you – know, and, and I get it. There's equity in that name that you can't just be like, we're going to call it like fucking you know, Chicago Fest this year, whatever the fuck. But um, the fact that they – like so they named – I don't know if it was the same bands that were playing this year that just got rescheduled for next year. But they're like, you know, we're going to announce the second wave and then the third (laughs) wave when all that people have been talking about with COVID was like the second wave. Maybe think of a different way to announce, make your, like, to to make your, 
theme your announcement some other way rather than wa- number one waves. You don't. Well, I mean, you there is Lake Michigan, but yeah. it's not like you know. Hey, we're like having a show on the beach in fucking Malibu. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe, the only you know. the only association people have is right now is waves of COVID. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, so, washing yeah. over people in Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's um it seemed a bit on the nose for it to be totally coincidental, but you know. So Patrick, you're gonna get added to like the second or third wave. Uh, I think we were disappointed that we weren't on this year's. Uh, that we didn't get the offer. I think we were submitted and they didn't take us. And I think we were, I think drug church was pretty bummed. Uh, we'll have an album out for next year's. So if they don't take us, it's poser city, bro. Um, have you ever been to one? (laughs) No, people like them. I, I, uh, I'll be honest. This is, please don't contact me. If you want drug church or self-defense to play your fest, just contact the proper channels, please. But I will play any fest. I will play. I love. I love playing festivals. I think they're fun as shit. I don't enjoy going to them. I don't think it's been a long time since I like went as a purely as a patron. I think, but I I love playing them. Yeah, I think you had fun at uh, at Sound and Fear. I mean, Drug Church played, but it seemed like you had a good time. Always a good time. Yo, the best part of being an adult is being at peace with missing something. So if I like miss a band, I go. That sucks. You know what I mean? But like when I, when I was 19, I would have been fuck, you know what I mean? Like, like it would have been like more of a, like a, like, but at the same time, the bullshit part of that is, uh, I'm getting closer to death. So if I miss, like, let's say dead heat has like a fucking epic fucking California show and I show up 15 minutes late, I might not get another shot. You know what I mean? I might be dead. Um, and you guys played crazy fast, right? Uh, self-defense did. Yeah. How was that? Uh, back in the day, it was really fun. We were, we, we, we came back, we came back for the, resu- for the resurrection one, which was, that's what I mean. Yeah. It, it, and it was, Tom, do you not know the story of their crazy fest show that year? No, but we, indecision got asked and we we're like, I don't know. I don't know. And then it happened and then it didn't seem to have gone like perfectly well. I don't know. Oh, no, oh, you guys played the strip club. Yes. Yes. With, yes. with Dane. Yes. Yeah. With Dane. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we, we probably talked about this with when we interviewed Jeff uh, from Run for Cover, but Jeff and I walked all over Louisville to find a venue to have a show, like an after show, and ended up at – I bet there's somebody in our listenership that remembers. It's like – it was like Paradise Cove or something, which was a, a, a strip club. And uh, we handed out – went and made flyers, handed it out, got Bane to play, uh, and it was yeah. a – it was a very fun show. Like it, it wasn't fun for me. Play, make do and men. Make do and men. Fireworks. Us. Bane and who else? Was there somebody else? Um, maybe that's it. But but uh, but was here's the Blue Diamond Gentlemen's Club. Them. I thought there was something about like a paradise or an oasis or an island, like Fantasy uh, Island. Red Thoroughbred Lounge. The body Shop it. Lounge. <laughs> One of those. One of those, like Jeff and I walk in, uh, yeah. and and the the lady just says, "Oh, oh no, honey, we're a black strip club." And I said, "I said, I said, you know, it's not going to matter to our patrons. Like, it's all whatever." It's not you know. the Thoroughbred Lounge, um, Body Shop Lounge, Pussycat Lounge, 
Foxy Lady. Foxy Lady looks cool. Um, let's see. Hot Legs Lounge. Showgirls. Jesus, a lot of lounges in Louisville. Classy Lady. The Rustic Frog. That's not. Uh, let's go. The Rustic Frog, dude. Oh, my God. Um, Playpen Strip Club. No. Nope. That looks like someplace you could. Brass Ass Strip Club. No, stop. Oh, stop here we what go. you just said. Stop I, what you just I'll, said. I'm sending you the link. Uh, Fantasy Island Lounge. That's it. There it is. You got it. Uh, yeah, that uh, looks like a place that B- Bane and self-defense could play. Yeah, so for anybody that doesn't get the the Dane reference, the they the strip club Fantasy Island Lounge put a put like on their marquee tonight Dane. <laughs> so good. Uh, but it wasn't that uh, fun for me because a bunch of people parked across the street in some like Burger King parking lot got towed and then came in and yelled at me. So like it, it was a bit annoying for me, but otherwise a really fun night. So so lineup at Crazy yeah. Fest, Crazy Fest were always a blast, like in the nineties and early aughts. Yeah, super yeah. fun, super. Yeah, I bet fun. It looks cool. Always looked really cool to me. Um, here's my question for you guys. Well, and start with this really quick. Patrick, how long did it take for you and Jeff walking around a city neither of you is from to find a venue to put a show on? Uh, Probably an hour and a half. Okay. (laughs) And I don't necessarily advocate for people to do shows at strip clubs, but to be honest, I don't advocate for them not. Um, There's a lot of talk about the idea of like when shows can happen, which to me, to be very honest, like it ain't now. It ain't next month. Ain't the month after that. Probably not the month after that either. But when it does feel right, how are we going to avoid shit like Live Nation venues? What are clubs going to be like? Et cetera, et cetera. We, you know, find, find places to, to rent. Find places that you can go and make a deal, strike a deal. It could be a shitty little dive bar. Um, I am a huge proponent of the, the small hall. Um, you know, there's a lot of these halls that actually have stages, which is mind blowing. Uh, but they are dark. AKA they don't rent them. I don't know. Uh, 20 days out of a 30 day month, if not more, if not more, uh, here's the thing. If you are, I see this all over places like Pittsburgh, like the Rust Belt Uh, throughout the Rust Belt. I see, uh, halls that you don't see in the rest of the country. You know what I mean? Like basically like workers halls that I'm just not familiar with because I don't work. Yep. And yep. Uh, they do, they all have like a very old school, like 1970s vibe of this is where you get married if you're poor. And yes, yes. Those spots are not nearly in the demand that they used to be. And Correct. you can the get them first. And yes. you can get them for a song. You can, yes. you, you walk really in like, and there's a drop ceiling in linoleum. That's your place, yes. my dude. Yes. You offer them $100 and you're gold. Yes. So so here's a question for both of you. Because I, I think, you know, like if if you can, it's cool to do it at places that are outside of that. I, I know both of you have played plenty of these kind of places for good and for bad. But we were posed. A, a listener wrote in and asked... Uh, talking to get a regular spot at a VFW for some shows if life returns to normal. A couple friends told me that's a bad look. Makes me look, it makes me as a promoter and anyone who plays the shows 
a bootlicker because Fuck. they think using Fuck. a veterans hall using a veterans hall is directly associated with supportive police brutality. Get new friends. I I responded and said, "Look, this is you're renting a hall. I, I've rented a million VFW halls. Um, one veterans are not police officers typically." You know, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of police officers who are veterans, but but I have only walked into a VFW hall and seen weird dudes hang out in the bar. Um, renting the hall from them uh, does not mean I support veterans. Does not mean I support soldiers. Does not mean I support any of that. It means also I, Bob. Bob. Yes. Yes. Please let's, go. Let's, let's just jump on this one. Please. Your money is if you rent a VFW. If somehow your fucking goofy ass friends think that that means that you're funding the American war machine in any more significant way than them paying fucking income tax, they're fucked in their fucking heads. So listen, the bootlicker. Oh my God, I agree with that. The bootlicker. Yeah, you agree this time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew we could all agree on this very strongly. So please continue. The bootlicker. The bootlicker boot is you. The bootlicker is you, my friend. It, it, listen, Where do I'm, you I, shop? Where do you I, buy your garbage fast food? You it's, are it's, supporting it, this world. You know, come on. We don't even got to. We don't even get a got to. I, I won't do my anti-tax thing, but I will say, like, yo, you the VFW, which is a place where sad old men congregate because they can't yes. socialize because yes. they've got fucking war damage is yes. not it got literally nothing to do with the American war machine being funded in the current year. So you're keeping please, the lights on and having them giving them somewhere to go. Yes. Yeah, yo, precisely. Yo. It, it, yo, in Michigan, it's, it's the difference between an alcoholic freezing to death on the street. So yes, yo, he, the, he, oh. it, it, it is look, realistic. Have you ever been to a show at a, at a Knights of Columbus? I have. Yeah. Oh, listen, there's people that got real issues with the Knights of Columbus. Yeah, I, and I have. Yes. Right. Everyone has. And guess what? The fucking giant Catholic thing. Yes, it is. Yep. yep. You have to be a Catholic to be part of that. You ever been to a show at a church? Yup. Yeah. I don't agree have with you anything been going on there. Church? Yeah, so, right. Uh, been to a bunch so, of shows. And, you know, it's just is it's a place. Yo, I mean, look. You said it well. The VFW is where sad old men go because they are damaged. Because to be honest, they're too damaged to join the Elks. You know yeah, what I mean? Precisely. And they do shows at Elks Halls too. And yo, the place I've rented shows is the DAV, the Disabled American Veterans. Yo, damn. Like these, that hall is essentially the DAVs that I've rented from essentially serve as a place where people go because they don't have somewhere else to go get treatments and stuff like that. Like, and like, Hey, this is the place we go so we can have a, a place to congregate and then disseminate from there to help disabled vets. Oh my God. You're, you're also, this is me giving this kid my blessing because I just, it's just so we're clear. I, I doubt very much you could find someone who, who objects more to interventionist wars than I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, the only time that my father and I like have to be separated and almost come to blows is when we talk about veterans shit. You know what I mean? Because I'm right. not particularly respectful. So I'm whatever <laughs> your fucking friends that are using the term bootlicker, yo, 
I am on the fucking furthest fringe of what they want to be. And I assure you that the VFW is totally kosher. Yeah, I thought that take just was kind of, just was a lot. And I, I wanted to share it. Book a show where you can book a show. I actually think I'm more okay with booking a show at a VFW hall than a fucking Live Nation venue. Oh, uh, listen, there's a strong argument there, Bob. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, like I could, yeah. I could argue that position on an Oxford debate team. You know what I mean? Like, yes, th- there's yeah. a lot to be said for doing it in a D- in an imperfect DIY venue than the alternative, for sure. Right. All that said, quick quick survey of the room. When are shows coming back? Spring 2021. Yeah, I was going to guess spring, summer 2021. Yeah. It's going to be outside. It's going to have to be outside. I mean, it might be earlier in in climates that you can have them outside. Yeah. But like on the East Coast, like in New York and New Jersey. Yeah. Because think about it. If, if, Live Nation is looking to claw all this money back, right? Yup. And you can, you know, they open up their 1,200 cap room and can only let 250 people in there as currently constituted. They're not going to want to do that. Yeah. It's, it's a losing, you'll be losing more money. So they're going to wait so they can do shows at Central Park, shows on that like new venue that's down on the uh, South Street Seaport that's outdoors on a roof of a, of a building. Right. Be doing stuff at you know out, outdoors at uh, Stone Pony and and these different things, and you know or rent places like the Convention Hall in Asbury yep. that may not be incredibly expensive but can fit you know a lot three, of three four thousand people. But if you do like you know fifteen hundred, you could still make you know it could it work can still out, work but, out right. Yeah, you know I don't know what that place. I mean it might be crazy now, but I would imagine it's not that expensive. <laughs> Well, and and I mean, demand. It's <clears throat> venue economy is going to be interesting, and it's the same thing. I mean, look, guess guess what? Uh, local venues haven't done any events in the past three months. Your VFW halls, your DAVs, your Knights of Columbus, your et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and if this is in another six months, if it's in another three months, if it's in a year from now, um, those places will be eager to take your money. Now it's just, it's just going to be interesting. I, I think it's fascinating. I, I, we've circled it a little bit. We talk about it here and there, uh, given the current events, it still feels sort of relevant. I, you guys been, I mean, you know, like it's not as if I haven't been outside. I go, I do things. I have to go get groceries. I do that. Um, but I, it's not, I haven't been doing much socializing. You know what I mean? I haven't done that really at almost at all. And I don't care if people are, but I will say when I've gone to places where there are a bunch of people, there's a slightly different feeling in the air just with the, causality of everything that's gone on and it's not i'm not some paranoid person i'm not fearful that i'm going to be like imminently sick next week but you know we went to the boardwalk last night and it was pretty empty but it seems like most people are walking around like nothing happened <laughs> at all <laughs> and uh and and that things are okay and you know speaking directly on 
COVID, it it doesn't feel like we're totally out of the woods on this yet, right? Like, I'm not crazy, am I? No, it's no. I mean, I it's think going people are like, no, it's nice that now. We're good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be around. I, I, let me preface this. I'm not personally scared about it, but, like, I don't really want to get it. I don't, you know, like – can it impact children? Eh, it can, but it, the cases seems low and I don't want that to happen. You know, it, it's, right. it's, it's it people that you don't think that should, you know, like, you know, you, you hear people that are like, Oh, I'm like 38 and fine. And then they die of a heart attack or a lung issue. You know what I mean? Like That's you right. never know. And there's really no, there's really, I mean, guidance is tough for just because number one, it's, it was called like the it's new, so it's like yep. people are still trying to fucking figure it out. And number two, there's such an anti-science bias going on. Yeah, well, there's also another element, which is that it's become politicized because when you have a hundred uh, epidemiologists signing that they support the protests, what you've done is now wrong or right. It, like don't anybody jump in our fucking mentions. I'm just telling you the lay of the land. Self, like at self defense. <laughs> <laughs> self-defense with all the ease taken out it, 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 wrong or right you've politicized it uh because now people are not going to like if you tell people hey it was okay for groups of fifty thousand, but is not okay for your backyard barbecue people it, it broke people's brains and they're not willing to hear that anymore that's so, that's the part that makes me crazy, and and the part I wanted to circle around to thank you both for illuminating the trail here because just because people are going to protests doesn't mean it's time to have shows. Period. End of story. Agreed. The protests are are important. I went to a protest. I just said I don't I haven't been socializing. I didn't go there to socialize. I went there to see what was going on, et cetera, et cetera. To be a Do part something of it. bigger than yourself. Correct. And taking That's the risk. Point. And yep. you know, I talked to some people who were at those Philly protests. I think uh, I don't did we say this last episode? Did we shout out the Philly protests? Um, I think we did. We should anyway, even if we did, let's do it again because that was impressive and and really cool to see how crazy and big the turnout has been. Shout out to everyone uh, involved in hardcore. If you're not involved in hardcore and you listen to this podcast, (laughs) hello, thank you. Big shout out. But, but anyone who's going, these are important things. This is a time of importance. This is a time of change. Uh, We all support the idea of exercising that right. And, and I'll speak personally, I support the idea of exercising that right as much to, and to the extent that you're comfortable, but then when it comes back, it doesn't mean it's time for brunch and like Marg's, right. Marg's at the, the, the cafe. Cause now we're done or, or like time to book a show. It's not, we're, we're, we're not there. Right. To me. I mean, I think, I'm sure Pat will fight with me over this. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll surprise us. But I think, um, personally, so like we're talking about like going to protests and stuff. Yeah. For the three months prior to me going to a protest, I saw people maybe three times. Yep. Usually one on one, far away from each other. Yep. You know, like, but to me, being present at a thing like that, I was willing to take that chance. Right. 
I wasn't willing to take a chance like to like get sick because I went to a fucking barbecue. <laughs> but to make sure that people's voices were being heard and to add my fucking, you know, my presence to that to that protest, I was willing to take the chance. And I think that's what people don't really see. And also, if we're being 100% honest, I don't know how many people were at that Jersey City protest. Felt like it was like fucking 10,000 people or something. Yeah. Every last motherfucker had a goddamn mask on. Everyone. Yeah, I'm like the least masked person at the protest that I've attended for sure. Uh, But if I could give you guys a – I'm not necessarily disagreeing with what you've said or, or the sentiment at all. But if I could give you another perspective, of course. Uh, the wait, 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 so you're going to give us a oh okay, got it. Yeah, this, this is rare. Maybe not something that totally disagrees, but maybe contrary to no, 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 no. It's just something. Know, it's it's something very. It's something very real to consider, though. Is um, I don't listen. I'm not Mr. Mental Health. I'm not like I think that there is a kind of a, an over like we we reach to mental health as kind of the boogeyman in a lot of situations when we can't explain our own behavior and we, a lot of mental health is for sure is misused by a lot of people. But I think it is inarguable that many people's mental health declined in the last three months. And while I don't, yeah. And I can't argue that shows are um, necessary, but, but I'm going to say that I believe we are going to reach a tipping point with COVID where people are so they're If we enter another lockdown, that is, uh, which is totally conceivable in the fall winter months, everybody just, just in case you don't follow the news and you get your news from X to grind. Uh, <laughs> it is, it, it, it feels unlikely now because people are rejecting uh, yeah, the, the notion I, that it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it feels like you can't put the genie back in the, in the bottle. I get it. But should we enter another lockdown? I think that it will end maybe not with protests, maybe not with riots or whatever, but with this tipping point where people say, I'll take my fucking chances because mental health, uh, eventually your quality of life. And listen, if we have listeners that are saying, Hey man, uh, you know, it's just stay in your house. It's not that big a sacrifice. Not to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? To me, it's yeah. not at all. I love the house. But yep. to many people, I've seen straight up people in in really precipitous decline by not having a, a, a meaningful social life. And that's not me, but I have to recognize that is a person. And if shows are that thing for many people, I think we will, I think shows will happen whether they're advised or not, you know? Absolutely. Uh, it just is exactly. And it's just, I think people should be smart about it and smart about the decisions they make. And, you know, uh, I know that there's people out there like booking shows is, is not just a thing they do. It's like something that's very important to the structure of their life. Um, you know, to them it's, it's this thing. And, and, I know for a lot of them, they've been. There's almost been a struggle to like, what do I do now? You know, and and I I, I sympathize, I empathize, I get it. It's it's tough. There's a lot of things that um, people in general can't do right now, or shouldn't, and we're seeing uh, 
what what I, I think we are collectively saying and, and feel is a presumptive <laughs> slow open back. And, um, you know, just be smart and think about what all these things are. And and the reason I bring it up is to, to, to illustrate the difference between slowly, you know, dipping your toe in the pool and seeing what you can do and what you feel comfortable with and, and knowing your boundaries, feeling compelled to engage in, in – protest and, and social awareness and and doing that which is so fucking different than engaging in normal social behavior so i just want everyone to think about those things for themselves personally where they stand with that where they stood six weeks ago two months ago because we're really rolling i can't believe that it is now the middle of june and yeah that, yeah like like yo feels like patrick was in thailand not that long ago that was a quarter ago yeah, it's you know? crazy. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. I would just – can I bring up one thing? Please. Of course. Um, it's, it's akin to this. It just – in going back to last week's episode when Pat was talking about like the politis, politiza, politica, politicization. Yeah. Politicization, yes. Politicization of like the news programs. Patrick, have you followed – there's a slander lawsuit going on against Fox News. Have you followed that? No, no, no. That doesn't shock me. But but, but how's it going? Um, but so their attorney, their attorney's argument, and this – like if I was a Fox News fan who had my wits about me, I would be so offended. Their argument was like literally no rational person thinks this is news. This is only commentary. Okay. Well, okay. So it's funny you should say that, Tom. The other day after we talked about Tucker Carlson, I watched Tucker Carlson. And oh my god! I, I, I've watched two episodes of Tucker Carlson in the last week. And Torture porn. Yo, it's it, there's one that is really funny, and I will give if it's if all of Fox News is now like Tucker Carlson, I Tom, I I agree with their defense. Like there, it, no rational person can think that it is straight news. It is. So layered with commentary, so editorialized, it is an opinion show. And I, I don't know how much I don't know how much of Fox is like that. I've probably watched four hours of Fox in the last 10 years. But I, I will say that it this was galling. <laughs> like like even the the actual footage of of things in the real world had like a soundtrack that made it like the Marx brothers. Do you know what I mean? Like it was so fucking like it it was unbelievable and really did feel like, Hey, I don't know if Tucker Carlson's a true believer. I don't know if he's a, a, an opportunist. I don't know what kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, but here's the thing. If I were Tucker Carlson, I might be able to sleep at night because I could say to myself, yeah, there's no way that I'm responsible for people dumb enough that they buy this. There's, there's just no way. Like I can't leave it. It's not the onion. Right. It feels like it's on. It it feels like to us, us. but people go, okay, so this guy is giving me his opinion. Even the more rational Fox news person is saying, all right, so this is his opinion, but it's based on real news. Sure. It's not even that. It's not even that the president Tweeted a photo, a video today that he said CNN posted. Oh my god! Of a white child running away from a black kid. Did no, you vice, see this? 
uh, vice versa, I think. Uh, but it, oh, maybe. It, but it was, uh, yeah, and the the, uh, the what are they called? The the Chiron. The Chiron at the bottom said CNN. Now it was obvious to anybody w- with with like you know I have reasonably working eyes, but maybe if I was sixty, maybe I would be like God. And I also wanted to believe it was CNN. I'd be like Correct. God damn it, look what they're doing. And but to me, it was quite obvious. But you're but Tom's not Tom's not misleading anybody. If you haven't no. watched this, it it it. it it's insane. It's definitely insane. Twitter like tagged that it was like this is misleading because this was edited. It literally says um, somebody like running away from racist kid. Something about like a Trump voter. It's like what the fuck? And it's like a CNN Chiron, which is clearly not CNN's logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they can't like sue him for like like any kind of trademark infringement. But it's like if you're dumb enough, like if you want to believe it, like we talked last week, it's like I yeah, you, put you will. you will. And like, could you imagine someone like these two probably three year old little boys and they're like, like, at what point do you go like, all right, that's a fucking bridge too far. Like, this is fucking disgusting. It's all it's all. I mean, to circle around on this, because <clears throat> like we we all three of us can acknowledge that. CNN, MSNBC certainly have some slant, some bias, at least, you know, right? Like there is, and that's in varying degrees. Is that, is that fair to say? Yes. Fox News is like the landslide of a pebble rolling down a mountain, you know, in comparison, because it's just watching it now. And the other thing is, I agree. Fox News, I believe, makes parody difficult in yes, 2020 it because it's so outrageous that it's like I can't – but that's where we're at. Like, like if nothing has proven itself more true in our lifetimes is that things – the Mountain Dew gets more Mountain Dew every year. You know what I mean? <laughs> the X yeah. Games in 1992 are not crazy anymore. It's barely like – it's not like, like ooh, Cortez, like a normal guy right now. Oh yeah, he's he's fucking a farmer compared to some of the <laughs> shit that's out there, you know. Um, so so that's but but we see it. Our pur- purview is this is insane. This is clearly the most biased, slanted bullshit. Or like it's so over the top, like you could watch it and believe you're seeing parody. But we need to understand that that's not the way a lot of people are viewing it. A lot of people are viewing it as, as gospel. gospel. Yes. Yep. It's and it's fucking scary. And Super that's scary. the main, the real problem. Um, because I think people that are watching MSNBC or whatever. Yep. All right. So it's slanted. Yep. But like, I still think there's times I see stuff. I go, eh, I don't know about that. Like there was one. There was like a post like of this dickhead fucking. Um, like making a speech and I like wait for the two um he like there's like applause breaks written into the into the speech mm-hmm. and he like stops and there's no applause you know so yeah. it's like well maybe he just stopped like I, you can read into like not everything has to be like you know but I don't think there's no way and maybe I fucking drank the fucking liberal Kool-Aid but there's no way that like Rachel Maddow or somebody maybe not maybe she's not the best um 
Not, I, I not mean, at this time. Not not post Russiagate, no. but but yes, in general. Go on. But I mean, all right. So even with Russiagate, would she like be like, "Hey, here's this video that literally was going around the internet for a month and like was high heartwarming to most people to show like, hey, you know what? Racism is fucking taught. Let's get out of this. Look how cute this is. These two buddies running towards each other, all this stuff. Can you imagine her taking that and being like, and then? <laughs> The cops came and shot the two children. Like they wouldn't do that, no. right? That's fucked up. But you know what I mean. Like there's no way. There's no way they would do that to. For, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't know. I just it's it's in it's absolutely insane. It's absolutely fucking insane. I, I, like, think, I, I saw that. And I couldn't believe it. I think Patrick, you should watch an hour or two of Fox News this week and a report day. back next week. Well, if you wanted to watch a day, that's fine. I, I am very curious at what color your hat will be next week. But but I think it will be tough for you. I mean, I think you'll find humor in it. I think you can withstand lots well, of trials. Um, uh, but honest, but I, honestly, I'm very curious what it would be. Uh, honestly, here's a disappointing thing for me. I'm very interested in the Chaz, I guess renamed the CHOP. Uh, of course. And the coverage from Fox is so so crooked you basically like watching it is like watching it through through a, a a 78 year old man's lens while you're watching it it's crazy but they're showing at, fake information like fake photos and stuff no it, it, it's crooked as fuck but here's what i'll say it they're covering it a lot more than than the other channels and i want to actually know so i'm in this frustrated position of I'm interested in this subject and right. to, to uh, be I, mean, I talk to actual human beings that went there. Yeah. Well, I prefer to talk to them than Tucker Carlson, but, but you understand yeah. my point is like, no, if I, I think you're, yeah. If I have to go to like, the, to the critic of the thing to find out about the thing, it doesn't speak well either way. And I, I just would honestly like to know, do you know what I mean? So it's, right, it's so frustrating. Yeah. So watch, Three hours of MSNBC this coming week and three hours of Fox. Fox. Yeah. I mean, I spoke to people that literally went there. I was like, dude, I went there with my kid after like a kid protest. They're like, it was great. Like everybody took care of each other. It was like totally fucking normal. Like there was no – nothing was like – there was there was nothing strange about it. Yeah. You Listen, know what I mean? Yeah. But like, you know, Fox will show like buildings on fire and then you'll be like, why is there like – why is there firefighters, you know – um, uniform in italian yes <laughs> footage from when you know fucking something in rome burned down you know what i mean like they're just using whatever they can you know what i mean yeah i, I think yeah. you said about it ben Gibber, say, though, uh, uh dave matthews went and uh he's he said it was chill so i'm sold i mean he you know he also dropped poop on people so i don't know if i really trust him ben gibbard um i'm a big fan of ben gibbard singer for death care for cutie he lives in capitol hill He's a probably a fucking millionaire, mm, yeah. right? Yeah, that dude every day is like, I love that this is in my neighborhood. Maybe yeah. he's lying. I was gonna say, Tom, uh, he might fear reprisals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's hard you to can say. also just stay quiet. Mm. But he like walks through. He's made donations. Like, so yeah. it's like you. Can, I mean, Capitol Hill is a fucking pretty rich part of town in Seattle. Oh yeah, for sure. You can just fucking literally stay in your ivory tower. And just stay quiet mm-hmm. and no one would ever know. Like, would I know that fucking Ben Gibbard lived in fucking Capitol Hill? I had no idea. Tom, he fears being dragged out of his home like uh, l- l- like the rich people like, from like, uh, the Dark Knight, Dark Knight uh, 
whichever one. Uh, if, Tom, I'm also going to say, if Ben Gibbard, if Ben Gibbard is a listener and he's not a millionaire, I'd like him to contact us because we could do a better job of managing his career. Yeah, we he's we, got, we can make him a mill. Yeah, I mean he's sure. you know he's a hardcore dude. Death Cab used to cover Undertow. Ben, no shit. Hit us up. We, we I, I lost your DMs. Hit us back up. We'll figure it out. Um, and he just put out a seven inch with um him playing filler. He covered huh. filler by Mind of Threat on the piano. Huh. It's great. So, <laughs> Patrick, you you said something that I thought was really meaningful, and I think Tom's there too. We're all here, and I think this speaks for a lot of people. It gets the point of what you're saying. I think there's a lot of people who want information and it's not a great time for people who want information. Um, no, which is tragic because we have more access tragic. than any time in human history, more access than any time in human history, but the entire well is poisoned and that, that disparity in the ability to gain access to information and feel um, inherent trust that what you're reading is, is actual is sad and terrifying and and I think it's and, and maybe worse than both those things it's discouraging to the point where like to be honest I, I know quite a few people have felt like alright you know what my only solution to this is I'm a smart person I want to learn I want to know I want to grow I want to understand things however if this is the means and way that we live my better option is to just disconnect and remove myself. And that's so painful and sad to think about. Yeah. Agreed. So, so don't, uh, in the legendary words of, um, university of Yonkers, uh, philosopher, Jeff Perlin, don't give up. You know what? I knew you, I don't know how, but I knew that's where you were going. Uh, you have to. Um, you guys want to talk? And some, I think, yeah, please go. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I think um, the news in general will not really show you what's still going on because it's not as fucking. It's not as salacious. Yep. Tom, there, there was a pro- there was a protest with tens of thousands around the block from me, and no news coverage. Right. And Brooklyn is going at it every single night. Everything's cool. Yep. Thousands and thousands of people in fucking Richmond and LA and yep. fucking Louisville. Like, and, but nobody, it, that's who they don't give a shit about that. So, like, I think we can't depend on any news yep. to kind of feed, you know, keep to keep your energy up. I think there's so much shit that's still going on. And, you know, there's some positive steps going on. Like, you, you keep pushing, you get what you want. So, like, don't, don't lose faith or lose hope because CNN, MSNBC, or whatever else is is not showing you what's actually going on. Yeah, I mean, you, you're dead right. There's events happening everywhere. I'm consistently impressed to see how many events, and I don't know how big these events are. I'm assuming some of them end up being pretty small, but the fact that there's events happening, there was an event today in like um, – uh, 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 like a small town in suburban New Jersey, right? You know, like they're they're just the energy that's happening. Do what you can to sustain it if you are part of it. You know, like it's it's incredible. That's a huge part. Like it's not. It, that's I think the main difference with this sort of stuff. It's not just like 
New York, Chicago, LA, Miami, fucking Boston. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, even if it's 150 people in fucking Farmingdale, New Jersey, right? <laughs> that's fucking bigger than you'd ever seen before. Like, it's so kind of, I think it's becoming more and more kind of. We're seeing it in small towns in the Midwest. Flyover country isn't quiet on this yep. one, folks. I, I think exactly. I think everyone yeah. should be really proud of this. It's 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 just a, it's a nice thing. Um, Keep it going. All right. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, SoundTalentMedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Hardcore. Let's mosh. Please. Patrick, Tom, we, we had an idea last week. We are going to do three questions, try to recenter, talk some, talk some hardcore. Let's get into it. Uh, who wants to start? These, the, the broad outlines, this is called three cues, three questions. Uh, it can be anything hardcore related. Maybe it's just as simple as band A or band B. Maybe it's more, it's deeper than that. Maybe it's goofy. Who wants to kick it off? I got one. Let's go. Hit us. It, it's a big one. It's not like an A or B. Are we Hit ready? Him. Go. Are we ready? I'm ready. The internet. In, is the internet a, – did it do more Did it do more positive or negative to hardcore? Oh, this, this old chestnut. This, this is a good one. Let me, let, me, let me reframe for myself here. I'm thinking about it. More I can good. answer bad, bad. bad. Do you want to do good cop, bad cop? Because I can argue both ways. Yeah, I mean, so my thought it's 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 tough. So I'd like to hear both of you. But like, yeah. it came to me because it was kind of like it it takes away some of the kind of um, not ambiance the the sort of um, 
the stories and the kind of like all the people there are like, holy fuck, legend A, B, and C. Mythology. Yeah. There's, yeah. Mythology. Exactly. Perfect. And I think the internet has ruined that on a lot of people. Yes. They're kind of like, you know, whether they're like fighting over each other or they're like seeing the kind of like mundane parts of their lives. Yep. Or seeing what their statements are on certain things. And you're like, fuck, this ruins everything. Like this kind of skews my view of this person, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that's where it being a bad thing. I think a good thing is that like it's made bands like Incendiary, like Mind Force, like bands like of that ilk. I don't know if they happen to the extent that they do now without the internet. I can good cop, bad cop that one in a heartbeat. Not a bad one, but I, I mean, they're, I, they're two of my favorite bands ever. But like, I think, you know, if it was up to some kid seeking out, you know, never having heard Incendiary, never having heard of Mind Force, and having to like find their record in the local store. Yep. I don't know how easy it. I mean, not that they've all worked hard, but like, it's not as like you know, it becomes Tom. stumble upon instead of um, wave of motion towards it. Correct. Mind Force would be cold as life. You know, I mean, like something that is legendary and regional and a thing that everybody missed out on in the moment. And uh, that's that's what that would. And that's listen, I think that's unfortunate because I think Mind Force is great. But I also think that they would always be legendary. They are a I know we're we're all just going to praise Mind Force. They're a great band. But like what I'm saying is they are so good that. Yes, many more kids would have missed out on them in the in the present in the moment, but they would always have some type of legacy because they are of that quality. Of so, I just brought them up for no, bands that like don't tour on a regular basis. No, I get you. I, kind of, I, but but I, here's I, I, let's 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 go back on that, Pat, because you're right. Like they could be cold as life. Look at cold as life's output and the the arc of their career. They actually sustained for a lot longer than I think people might give them credit or or might know. But like, I want to say this: Cold as Life weren't like some huge draw for I would say eighty five percent of their career. Yeah, and 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 then you go with a band, any band. You can use Mind Force, and I don't think it's just the internet, but it was it enabled a lot of people to put eyes and ears on them. And you just think about the energy behind a band and the motion. Like, can you sustain that as a group of people without that kick, that that like energized, like, yo, there's people who want to see us in California for real? Damn, th- th- let's keep it going. You know, I, I mean, like, I, yes. I won't pull the curtain back, but I, I can't, I can think of 10 bands right now where it's like the motion behind. The, the people who were excited for them. Yo, let me use one real quick. Blacklisted is a great one. They were breaking up in 2006, whatever. They felt a groundswell of emotion and and outpouring from people who were like, yo, maybe we shouldn't break this band up. Creatively, we think we got a lot more to say. I don't know if that happens in a pre-internet age. I Listen, I agree with everything you're saying. I just also saw a band called Mom Jeans get canceled today for something the kid did when he was 14. So I don't think the internet's good for literally – I think the internet is – like so 
Tom, you remember doing interviews in like 2006. This was the first question that you got asked. Is is the internet good for hardcore or bad for hardcore? And uh, I am now of the conclusion I am now of the conclusion that it has been bad for the the human race. <laughs> I think that the watching listen, here's my statement. Put the, put the somebody run with this pull quote. Watching mom jeans get canceled for bullying a kid when he was 14 broke me in half and I no longer, this might be the last time I use the internet. This might be our last podcast. I might mail them to you snail mail because I, I'm so fu- like, you know, the last couple of Pat's days, going to call been, us from a payphone. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm over the internet. The internet can't do a fucking thing. Right. I, um, well, one, I, I, let me pull back. Yes, I, I actually agree. I don't. I, I think the internet is the um, most misused tool in human history, um, and we've we've taken a hammer and essentially shoved it uh, wrong side up our asshole, um, and it's it's not good. <laughs> we've misunderstood how to use it and to use it the right way entirely. For hardcore, certainly has done a lot. I will say bad. I'm going to say bad and just say I see a lot of the good. I see the networking. I see how much easier it made uh, touring. I see how much easier it made booking shows. I see how much easier it made promoting. I see how even much easier it helped promote and like spread your music just in general. Uh, made it easier to order stuff, to do all these things. Uh, the streaming music, oh my God. Access to things is leveling off. But it didn't it didn't make it better i think that there was a magic in hardcore that maybe gets lost and yo let me be really honest i was in a hardcore with the internet you know what i mean like i was young and like it's not like i download like i got into hardcore because i met some punk kids who were into punk and hardcore and that's how i got into music but then pretty soon after I discovered like, Hey, here's this new thing I'm into. Let me go on, uh, AOL and see if there's some stuff about hardcore. Oh, looky here. <laughs> yes, there is. So, so I can't like pretend or front like heart. The internet hasn't always been there during my time in hardcore, but, but if you look at the lifespan of it, you know, I think there's times where you can boil it down. Like, I'll say it's bad. I could really argue that it's good, that it's been good. But right now, the internet made me essentially disassociative at some point in the last two weeks. Uh, (laughs) Well, yeah. And like, uh, you know, so, uh, so I'm in a weird space with it, but it's tough to say. And that's why, yeah, it's a great question. Honestly, now is a great time to talk about it. Right. Cause like, say something like, um, regional Jurda system. Yeah. Does that happen without the option of having like a band camp? Uh, Do no. like these, like, you know, Jay Peta has like every fucking week he's in a new band. Yeah. I think without having to worry about like a physical pressing of anything, it makes like, you know, people have fucking studios in their basement and you can have something out within a fucking week. Patrick, yeah. without, without the internet, what would your social world be like? Uh, Fuck. What was it like before? Yeah, I don't. I mean, here's the thing. I think your your social world is much smaller. Oh, no debate. Come on, like like uh, like comically so. And and I mean, I say that for myself, for everyone. You know, hardcore is really enabled and like hardcore. But like, if we're to imagine a world without internet, you know, like 
people who were in, entrenched in hardcore pre-internet, like I, they tell stories like, yeah, I, I had a buddy who lived a few cities away and I'd call him and maybe I'd stay at his house or if there was a show in my city, he'd stay at my house and it was cool and you know maybe I moved there or whatever, but like it's not like the relationships you can build and sustain now. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really interesting, you know, like the amount of people you can maintain. Rela- so there's, there's all this negative shit we said, but there's also these positives and the fact that hardcore, like, yo, even early, like, I don't talk about the revelation records message board very often. So I will hear the rev board was essentially one of the early after the user groups, it was like this early hardcore message board. It predated the Bridge Nine board, predated Mullet board, all that. Yeah, pre- predated the EVR board, which was a really ugly looking thing. Um, but but the the Rev board is where like you know you name it, they were people who posted on there. Like all the guys from Cold World were were Rev boarders. A lot of guys from Richmond, a lot of guys from California. Like I, the first time I met Todd was through the Rev Board. Uh, the f- first time I met Alex Russin was through the Rev Board. Like all these people, like that now, twenty three years later, twenty two years later, are people who I still know in some way through my life because, and, and it's not because of the Rev Board, but the first place we interacted was there. You know, and it's 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 really wild. And I don't know that that's the same. You know, like, yo, to be honest, I, I went to Posi Numbers 2000 because I had read about it on the, the Rev Board. There was still, like, I don't know if I even hear about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you think about the amount of events that you would not have heard about if it wasn't for the internet. You know, like, the, it would change the ecosystem. Like, like, if you, when was the last time, Patrick, that you were actively going to a record store? Um, uh, early two thousands. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say, Rich Miles and I went into uh, uh, what, what's the spot in Limited uh, to One? Limited to One the other day. Yeah. Um, no, no, actively, like you were going on a regular basis. Oh yeah, um, two thousand and four. <laughs> Tom, Tom, same question. When is the last time you were going to record stores? Like on a like. More than once a month basis. I mean, more than once a month, probably not for a decade. Right, right. Like, now here's the thing. Imagine the way you found – think about this. Going to Generation Records for me in 2000 was not just going to like peruse the, the records and CDs and see what they had, but also like, oh, let me look at the flyer wall. Oh, there's this show happening. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Uh, you know, grab a village voice. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was these things that it just changes the ecosystem so drastically. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say no because of this mystique thing, but in reality, you know, it's been pretty good for it. It's allowed it to grow in ways and and has changed a lot of people's lives because the internet made it more accessible. Uh, and that's not just accessible to people, but more accessible like like to people who aren't into it it's more accessible to people who are in it because it allows you to do more in it as a subculture i'm Sorry not, to I, i'm not i'm not sold <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i, <laughs> I think the internet's uh, i i i'm i'm out on the internet uh pretty hard as well so um 
you know, other than uh, video game YouTube right now, I'm, I'm, I'm despondent. Um, <laughs> all right. Who's next? You want, want me? Uh, let me throw one out. I'm going to throw out a light one. Please. Light, but, but heavy. Sheer terror or marauder? This would have been broader, no question, for most of my life, but I recently went down a sheer terror hole, and now I'm not sure. Whoa, okay. I'm going Marauder. Oh, all right. Tom, tell me why. Um, they were legitimately like my local band growing up. Very true, very true. You know what I mean? Like yeah. They were literally like the, the kids from but, the neighborhood. Yeah. Like I never knew they'd go on to it, you know what I'm saying? But like sure. seeing them, you know, on the demo and like when I was like 16 or 17, and just being like, "This is the craziest thing I've ever seen." Sure. Like some of the stuff that went on at these shows, like it didn't scare me away, but it made me want to be more involved in it. Yeah, yeah. Quite honestly, and Cheer Terror is great. Um, classic, uh, classic for sure. But like you oh, have a personal. Course proximity to marauder and and also just genuinely love the music too and i mean indecision has been made fun of from the stage by both bands so there you go (laughs) patrick (laughs) tell me tell me about your your recent sheer chair dive i'm I'm, you're putting you're voicing a uh na here uh you're you're giving a a a vote of no confidence either way but what's your what's your sheer terror here's the problem Sheer Terror has some like guaranteed bangers, real fucking, uh, in some ways, uh, pioneered soft guy, tough guy. Uh, and we, there's a lot of positive to say about it. It's warrior poet through like a, you know, and certainly yes, don't been, even go warrior poet, soft guy, tough guy is a new, put that in the dictionary folks. That's like good. That. That's good. Yeah. So, and Obviously, if you're a blood for blood fan or something like that, then like you know, sheer terror is 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 that. And uh, here, Pat, I have a question for you regarding your take. Sure. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, to me, my take on it, and see if you agree. When they hit, God damn it, it's as good as any hardcore going. Mm-hmm. Tom, you, you're you're oh. going to say what I was just leading to, please. Oh, fuck. All right, no, 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 no. You're going to say that. Well, I'll be more severe than you were going to be because you might. Yeah. I, I'm not in New York as much as you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, when sheer terror is on, it's perfection, and when they are off, it's like the the bad Murphy's Law songs. It's mediocre. I mean? like, mediocre. It, it, it's it's not great. And uh, right. for every here to stay or oh. five, you know what I mean? Like that's literally one of the best hardcore songs ever. Yep. There's like five songs that you'll never listen to again. Yes. Yep. But, but Tom, here's the, here's the only reason that it's even like a back and forth between them and Marauder Marauder. Like there's only two records of Marauders that people listen to. You, you know what I mean? And, and it's really one and a half. So I both of these bands have, at least one and a half albums of truly great material. And then a lot of stuff that is really never revisited. So uh, that's why I could go either way on this. I think that at the end of the day, they kind of have a similar output of good versus bad. That's why the question, Uh, and I think they come from sort of just two different schools of it a little bit. Um, 
I lean sheer terror, but like, to be honest, it's a lot of sentimentality. Uh, and that the hits of sheer terror are such hits. Like here to stay makes me, makes me crazy. I, I love it. I love it. Like, to this day, I still go, fuck. Yeah, like, you hear you that, know, like, you hear that song kick in and you're like, Oh, that's, that's hardcore right there. Um, but, uh, but I thought oh, sheer terror and Marauder don't get, get compared very often, at least in, in circles I think of. And, and I wanted to send that question out to, uh, Eric Wilson as well. So shout out Eric. <laughs> and I think both bands were kind of um, they were they were kind of uh, breaking new barriers, like breaking yeah. new yes. ground. Yes, for sure. Like Sheer Terror, nobody sounded like fucking no. Sheer Terror. Yeah, they were taking like Celtic Frost and like it and mixing it up. Like nothing that was like proto fucking metalcore and yeah. de- like. You know, obituary probably looked up to Sheer Terror as much as fucking as much as they looked up to like Venom. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I would but listen I to any of that for sure. Marauder too. Marauder and All Out War are the basis for all like non, no, probably all metalcore. If you go All Out War on Marauder and Integrity, mm. that pretty much covers everything. Yeah. We, Think about it. I want to ask you guys this. You're more familiar because I, I i tend to agree with that what about the like who is the root influence for the smarter metal core like like the more technical metal core stuff like is there a root for that pat you want to handle this one a root root is tough because that's what I I'm, think that's what i mean like it might be outside the the world yeah, I think it's probably metal because I think that the real musicianship starts with Turmoil and Cave-In. And, uh, yeah, and I was those, trying to think of what was before that because like, I think they're taking influences places, but but it's not something I'd – like I can't yeah, I think, think of one. I think so wacky that they didn't have any like, – they probably looked to like converge yeah. at, the, at the most like, – I don't think those dudes were like – yeah, so I was listening to like, you know – some ninth, you know, I was listening to the raid discography and I came up with this riff. Like Steven Brodsky is not listening. You know what I mean? No. I think. No, no, no. Yeah. He's probably listening to rush and being like, how can I make this hard? Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good one. And if someone has, the, yeah, like yeah, that's what, that's what I'm thinking too, is like Dillinger. Like what, what are the roots of that? And I think it's outside of it, but if there's someone who knows what the proto of that is, um, I'd be curious. I mean, you know, like, like, could it be beyond? It could. Uh, I, you know, what I, I was gonna say, I think it maybe you find roots of that through Rorschach and Dead Guy. Um, oh, you know, certainly those were influences, but I, I don't. But, but I they're not there with the technicality. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like Rorschach. I, I'm seeing Rorschach, and I'm not mad at this. I'm seeing Rorschach kind of have another moment right now, and uh, hmm. uh, I, I think that's cool, but. I'm wondering what young people are grabbing onto in Rorschach that they're not finding in the stuff that might be closer to their like age range, you know, like, so I'm finding it pretty interesting. Um, It's not as clean. It's sort of, yes, that's a fact. That's a big fact. Yeah. All right. PK, your question. Okay, I apologize to you fellas because they're uh, my questions are all kind of political or heavy or whatever. Um, it's okay. Tis the season, right? <laughs> I want to know in your view because let's preface this for our listeners. 
My co-hosts have no interest in right-wing hardcore. Don't write us. <laughs> but here's my question. What is the limit in both of your minds on divergent thought in hardcore? Okay, the limit. <clears throat> um. <sighs> and, and, and also, also That's I should a good clear, question. Fellas, it's a really good question. I should be I should be clear though, not limited to right to right leaning ideas. I'm talking about of course. I'm talking about any truly like extremist idea, or it doesn't even need to be extreme necessarily. But like, it, what is the limit? Because look, there's there's core oh. values there's core values that we assume of ninety percent of hardcore kids, wrong or right, we assume it, right? And we've all met people that do not share those values and are still involved in hardcore but i'm talking about from a band what is like to specify the- a band what's the limit um i mean yo here's the thing like let me go full mean girls and say the limit does not exist uh Ooh. because and i don't i don't mean that because when we go to bands like yo i'm out i, I was like thinking like Maybe I should email Rev and be like, yo, don't you think maybe we should just take YDL off the way it is comp? Like, who fucking cares about that shit? Come on. And like, and I'll also straight up go tell you that the YDL demo has at least three good songs. I mean, you know, but, but like, maybe we just don't need to celebrate fucking Blue Pride anymore. Um, which, if you look it up, it's not some cop song. It's about, you know, factories and grandpa and shit like that. Um, Blue Collar. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, so I mean, antidote too. Well, right. So yes. so here's here's the reason because there are many bands in punk and hardcore who celebrate anarchism and and the ideas of it and and really saying, hey, the system I advocate for is no system. Please get it the fuck away from me. And I I like having those conversations. But then on the other end of the spectrum, um, we find bands who are very system based. Be it, uh, be it dietary, be it religious, be it whatever. There's these rules, you know. Uh, and for people who want to say reasons, not rules, but yo, there's a there's a set of things that's like, hey, these are the edicts, you know. Um, and I mean, we all all three of us are fans of bands who are in the anarchist spectrum, and there's bands who are in the religious spectrum who we are like, yeah, you know, like one white's pretty fucking good. We all like shelter. We all like the bad brains. Um, when what is the limit for me is when it gets when it gets to ignorance and hatefulness, you know, cause like for example, the bad brains, I love them. I believe they are my favorite hardcore band. However, that doesn't exempt the conversation ever that they had homophobic songs. Like wh- what do I do with that? You know, like it's not on my favorite record. It's not on my fifth favorite record. There's also stories of them being shitty about that. Right. Thanks to the big boys. Right. Right. And like, what do you do with that? Um, So, so my answer is really like obviously nuanced here, but when it gets to that, like I can't excuse it. If your band is centered around those principles, 
I have no time for it. And that's where the bad brains create this caveat where I don't think they're centered around it. I think it is the ugliest of footnote. And it's a footnote that needs to be, it's, it's not even a footnote. It's an asterisk and it has to be there the same way. Like, yeah, you know what? Barry Bonds should probably be in the hall of fame, but he should have a pretty big asterisk on his thing that says, Hey, by the way, this dude juiced straight up. Right. Shouldn't get lost to the sands of time. Should not get lost. Should not be part of the story. I, I had a conversation with someone recently about Kobe Bryant and, um, yo, like I think I've said it here, but like, Kobe Bryant's one of my favorite athletes of all time. I actually think the dude was doing great things as a person, as a father, all these things. But the conversation that we had was that I was like, yo, something that I am proud, I guess, quote unquote, of is the fact that the sports journalism around him didn't ignore that he was accused of sexual assault. And it was noted, and it was something that wasn't not talked about. And I think that's important. So, so um, you know, that doesn't stop me from appreciating the athlete he was, all that shit. Uh, the Bad Reigns, it doesn't stop me from appreciating how important they were, how great they are, how, Im- how personally important the music was. But I can't shy away from that asterisk. If your band is all asterisk, if it's all centered on hatefulness or ignorance, I just don't have time for you. Like that's just end of story. You know, what's interesting about your answer. Yeah. You, you gave two of the most exemplary uh, things on the planet. (laughs) You, you, you gave things that are like, so my question would be, okay, Kobe Bryant, uh, n- name a, uh, a, a good, not great player for me. Uh, uh, Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Let's say Vince- the documentary right before this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say Vince Carter's got the same type of history. You might have less time for him. Let's say that. Well, well, let's say well, that- that's the, that's the question. It's, um, it's it, no, I don't, I don't know that. I don't, I think it's, it's like, like for example, Michael Vick, um, he doesn't rank to me on any sort of pantheon or like our personal, like interest of, of, of enjoyment. And his crime is pretty bad. Um, yeah, but, but you also wouldn't seek to take it away from him that he's, that he was good at what he did. Oh, exactly. And I mean, I think that's, that's, that's the part for me. I, I won't take away that someone was good at their music. Like I think a conversation Patrick that you and I have had is that like, Hey, screwdriver musically, like, I don't know. They're the template for a lot of oi, you know, a lot of that. And it's, Hey, I will listen oi, to it. Oi people, oi yeah. people. I should say oi posers. If you don't acknowledge that, do yeah. not bother writing us with your opinion. It's yeah, yeah. fucking fact. But, but, yo, fuck, it's, it's, it's so brutally ugly that it's like, you can't ignore it and you can't, you know, and for me, I, I draw that line. I say, I can't, I can't, I can acknowledge that, yo, this, this is, this is competent. Um, and, and I, I try to draw those things because, uh, it's a conversation I've been thinking about in terms of this the like it's sports shit. It's like Tom, you'll you'll appreciate this. 
there's always this question of who's the greatest, right? Like, especially basketball, they talk about it. So Michael, Michael Jordan's the greatest, right? He, he clearly is. But, but statistically, you can find plenty of examples that are better. And to me, greatness and being the best can be very different things. And, and I, I like the idea of separating those things because one has this intangible quality and the other could be just based on competency. The best guitar player might not be the greatest guitar player. You know what I mean? Because the greatest guitar player, I would think, would have to have written some incredible songs. But the best guitar player might just be able to play literally anything and things that other That's people can't. Yeah. You know? So so no, I, I don't think so like say say it's Vince Carter. I don't know. I, I think you still appreciate like you still appreciate this dude can put his fucking arm through the rim, you know? Um but I, I don't think and, – and I think that's part of it. I think that acknowledging those things is important. Like like the Bad Brains, yeah, it, it is an exemplary example. They're, they're fucking incredible. Like what's an example of a lesser band like that? Uh, like – or a lesser uh, yeah. band or a lesser offense? You know, well, like, like uh, the Descendants a, a, a or lesser, like the – A lesser band would be um, – like uh, uh, Vegan Reich, who, uh, by virtue of being a hardline act, uh, had unsympathetic views towards homosexuals. So, like, oh, sure. Or, or I mean, like, yo, here's a good one: Earth Crisis. Like, you know, there's been Carl has come out and said, "Hey, I, I stand by my stance on abortion." Yeah. So that so That's abortion rough. is good. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Uh, pro life is rough for a lot of our listeners. Gun yeah. rights are 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 rough sure. for a lot of our listeners. And and you and like, not to condescend it to anybody right now, but we're adults, so we do understand that there's going to be some latitude in things like our friends' view of gun rights. But at the same time, we don't we don't have a ton of tolerance for our friends' view of the humanity of the Jewish people. You know what I'm saying? So so like right. The, right. There, there is. There is a. I'm not denying that there's a line. Like I'm not gonna. Like I'm not gonna. Yeah, be there the is a line. Yeah, contrarian <laughs> says, like, oh yeah, like I. I personally have no taboos, but that doesn't mean that. Like I recognize that there is a difference. Just so we're clear, but Thank but you, I yeah. do I do wonder about things like, like, Tom. I don't. I've you and I have never really talked about gun rights, but like, a, a, as a guy who has to uh, advocate for people who may have uh, gotten themselves in a fucking world of trouble with guns. Maybe you have a strong view. You know what I mean? And would you sit through a hardcore act that was a pro uh, pro property rights band? You know what I mean? Like, so th- there's these, right. there's these difference for every single person. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's right. really, to me, this, to me, this is a really interesting concept because like we've talked and we've talked it to death. We all love 108. You know what I mean? But does that mean that we necessarily either give a fuck about or even vibe with certainly not ISKCON, but like, right, like yeah. Krish, Krishna in general? Consciousness. Ah, no. Ah, I mean, think about 108. Right? We love 108, but like the underlying things that they're singing about, not them particularly because they're smarter people, but like Krishna's not very pro woman. Right. Right. Not, as I've always said, he's not pro onion either, which is equally mm. upsetting for me personally. I love onion. <laughs> no, right. But I mean, I think, I mean, I think it depends, you know, like your question, like, so say for example, say race trader, right? If, you know, they have a very particular stance, I'm totally on board with, that's totally cool. No problem. 
if the inverse of that band existed, I'd be like, fuck this band to hell. Right. Sure. You know what I mean? Like if they, you know, they have a fucking, you know, burn the the idol of the white messiah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I, okay. 100% down. But if some fucking band from, you know, from wherever had to like burn down, you know, the black blah, 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 we'd all be like, fuck this. Oh, that's a great thing. Yeah. Like uh, the, the unequivocal inversions, basically. Where it's like, you know yeah, I mean? somebody's I, like, "Well, I'm going to flip this on its head." It's like, yeah, that's not the same. You didn't, you didn't just turn turn uh, blue to yellow. This is this yeah, is a very bright it, thing, right? It, it, it's yes, correct. Uh, but, but I mean, also like we <laughs> difficult conversation for us because we all enjoy our lives and not to get like very 2020. But undoubtedly, we all recognize that we we do exist and enjoy these lives on stolen land, and yes. so we would have so we would have no problem with a band that had a strong decolonization mes- message. However, we also should recognize that we really enjoy our lives. So, what I mean by that is, are we prepared to to follow through on what that actually means? Like, like, like a, what it really means beyond an, beyond a recognition of no, we arrived- like an, ev- an eviction. Oh, you you arrive to Albany and and your mother's home has been given back, and it's you know, which hey. of, which of, which not, I don't want to paint with a broad brush. There, there's right. within within the native community, there's calls for all types of of action and reparations and and right. get rights on this, and and I don't want to paint with a broad brush. But what I what I want to say is. It's interesting because I'm with something like uh, uh, Race Trader, right? Where, where essentially it was a proto decolonization message uh, when they came out. Uh, I think like the real right. sort of larger culture latched onto that idea after. But uh, yeah, but he was doing but like, shit. But like we true, actually all we all vibe with that yep. and could even sing along. But I don't necessarily like. I'm not prepared to give up what I value yet. And that's like some hypocrisy on my end. And if as an earth crisis listener, I know that, uh, your don't let your, don't let your morals end where your selfishness begins. You know what I mean? So I, I recognize Ooh. that I recognize that these are like these clash, but I guess what I'm saying is like for some of the things that we all love, maybe they are the most extreme versions of a sentiment that we subscribe to 57%. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's interesting. That's interesting in and of itself because like earth crisis is calling for, or not calling for, that's the wrong word that they are, uh, aggrandizing or glamorizing the, the murder of, of vivisectionists. Right. And I don't want to murder anyone. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? right, like, right. like, like, but, uh, I am, the sentiment is very moving to me. Uh, so, but here's the thing. Earth crisis is calling for, not calling wrong word, aggrandizing a, a violent idea that I do not subscribe to. And so I don't subscribe to murder, but, but I still love earth crisis. But if it was, like the arresting officers or some shit singing about the shit that they sing about. And it was, it was somehow about murder. I would, su- I would find it more holistically offensive and be turned off by it. Does, does, is that do, a band? 
uh, arresting officers is like, yeah, it's like a yes, super sketch. Yes, it, yeah, right. Uh, it, if I want to say what Bob Philly area. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe share members of suburban uprise, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Tom, stuff that I'll just go out on a limb. You have literally no interest in. <laughs> but yeah, the, no, like, I I can honestly say, and this is no bullshit. I've never heard a screwdriver song. Uh, what about when I uh, when when I come to your place and you just you hear my car door? I open it and it's just blasting. Yeah, you hear Pat that whistling, thinking about a thing called love. You know, um. <laughs> is that the darkness? I know that song. That is the darkness. Um, all right, so hold on. So, so obviously, a hard, a, a, a hard question. I didn't mean to stump you guys. It sounds no, like you're both in the same space but um, yeah you know what I, I mean i think that i think that the limit i think the interesting part about anything is being able to acknowledge the hypocrisies on things but also think about what that means on a personal level think about this you know like clearly like i think it would be a mistake to say like i think it would be honest to say that earth crisis is pretty important in your life is that correct patrick that's correct but you would not think that um you would not say, well, because Earth Crisis stands behind their stance that abortion is murder of defenseless humans, human life, uh, that you are anti, that you are uh, anti-choice. You know what I mean? Oh, no. My, I mean, my love of, sh- I, I love some truly sketchy shit. So if I, if, if, if I liked like, if I advocated for the things I listened to, I'd be a very confused individual. You know what right. I mean? So. It is, so, but, Presentation but me, of I, ideas is a really, really important thing here, people, and it's good to, to hear all different things and, and be able to appreciate it um, and, and maybe not be tethered to uh, dogmatic things too much in life. Right, well, like, so here's the example I'll give, just in line with that Earth Crisis, a thing to, a thing to reflect on. If Earth Crisis calls, uh, sings about the murder of vivisectors, uh, I don't want murder. That's a cause that I care about a lot, though. So I love this extreme messaging, right? If uh, if Hers Collective says uh, trans rights at any cost, I'll kill you if you stand in the way of me having uh, the, the my God given rights. Uh, yep. That's not that's not an issue that I necessarily have the same emotional attachment to, but I'm sympathetic to that. So I like I like that. But then if we go one step further, and it's like. I'm going to murder you. Like there's some band, like a beatdown band. That's like, I'm going to murder you for having slept with my girlfriend. That's a, that's, that's still, those are all murder advocations, but the last one strikes us as, Oh, the other two, I was okay with the sentiment. So the extreme message didn't bother me, (laughs) but but now I'm uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And I were murders for rights. And one was murder for, you don't have a right to that woman. Yeah. Right. And, and, (laughs) But but, right. the, but that but the murder we would all object to the murder you know what I mean so it's just fascinating to like me it, uh, yeah I mean I think I would I, the, for the first two I don't know if I necessarily sometimes you know desperate times call call for desperate measures and if you got to fucking yeah, you know, stab a bro well, that's for, the other thing you, for, you, don't, you don't disagree wholesale uh, you, you, but like we don't want anybody no. murdered but at the same time like yeah so th- those shits are all interesting to me. Uh, I'm going to pee, so I don't know if you guys want to vamp uh, or ask another question and then just update me when I get back. We'll vamp and get you in. Um, Tom, we have – it is currently – we're looking at just shy of two hours here. Let's <laughs> let's hit 
two. Let's try. It's let's. I think one more each. Let's do one more each, or just do speed round. Like like I, I intentionally gave my not hard ones because I had a feeling PK didn't have light ones. So if you've got some binaries like this or that or the one I'm going to ask, which I'll give you the preview. Don't answer, but you get to think about it a little extra. All right. If New York Hardcore, here we go. If New York Hardcore is Thanos style, snapped out of existence, just never existed. No, it didn't uh-huh. happen. What would your regional hardcore scene of choice be? All eras count, live events count, vibe counts. So, you know, Fuck. you can pick. You know, do I need a, 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 a location and a time? No, no, no. Or just, just the location, because like, like if you pick Boston, you get all. You can, you can, you can pick from all of it. If you pick the Midwest, you get all. You, you know, right, right. And we'll be liberal, so you, you know, you can be loose with it. You get to think on that a little bit. Um, but, but let's try. It is. It's currently an hour and fifty-three minutes. Man, is Patrick pissing like in the other room? Jesus, um, we should we should try. Let's try to. We're moving out. He's probably peeing in the same room. Dude, what about that rant about how smelly the apartment is? Like, what's going on over there? Yeah, like goddamn it, you knew someone was coming to look at the apartment at some point. You might have like <laughs> fucked up like the schedule, but like you knew another human being was coming to look at that place. As someone who lived with him, he's not that smelly of a person, and maybe that's changed in the last decade. But like. But he does like to leave his underwear around, which is a weird vibe. I just don't understand. That. I mean, that automatically smells a little bit. He's walking 27 miles a day to like Compton. So <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. do it. So now he's taking off his sweaty ball underwear. Uh, we got him and, back. You want, you want me to make this worse? Let's go. Uh, so with the with getting this uh, video game job, I have, by most people's standards, an adult income now, right? Mm-hmm. And but I'm still in a poverty mind so fucking hard that, that I wash, I wash my clothes in the tub. So, <laughs> so, my, so they're hang drying. They're hang drying, and they're. Like, I, that so must smell delicious. That's the, really a good smell. Yeah, Tom, there's no, there's also no windows up in here, like. The, so, so it's the, like wet dog farts everywhere. So the, the windows are wall sized windows that I can't open. <laughs> so I'm. It was the hot box of your ball sweat. That's oh, yeah. this is the second oh, time yeah. me and Patrick will talk no jumper today. Then so uh, yeah, those windows you can't open. Um, oh, did I miss the no jumper talk? No, just talking about the Bridge Nine board alumni uh, and how God, how sorted they are. Uh, more more on that on, uh, at a later time. Um, oh, can I? I wanted to give a shout out, please, before we do our question. Yeah, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to wrap in like twelve minutes. Cool. I wanted to give a shout out to um, the podcast A Little Time. Mm. Mike, who was on our podcast, and um, a friend, I think of Patrick's, Diego. Yeah. Diego and Micah Bruce. Yeah. Great guys. Yeah. Super fucking funny. Super funny. Um, Diego went viral because he literally, his tweet was like, cops are literally saying, like, yo, if you don't stop pe- telling people that we kill you, I'll kill you. Yeah. Or something like that. Pretty good. And it went, yeah, it went like fucking, you know, um, but he's like a bad ass dude. Used to, I used to see him in the neighborhood. Really, really nice dude. Um, black belt. But their podcast is like just them like sitting on a couch bullshitting, and it's pretty fantastic. So, yeah. and, but they they talked very kindly about us. Oh, um, in one of the episodes I listened to, and like they were like, "What are you listening to? What do you recommend people listen to?" And they br- Mike brought us up, so I just wanted to get that. That's very cool. A shout out in re- in return. Um, 
super, really fucking funny. Both dudes are really funny. It's so. a little time podcast. Yeah, Get it. Fact. Yeah. Okay, one fifty-six hour and fifty-six minutes. We've been recording for oh who knows how long. We we have twelve minutes, guys. Uh, this is the my next question, Patrick. We're going to try to each get at least a question, but maybe if we can get two, we'll actually ha- hit three questions each, but whatever. Uh, well, we did one question the last time. and Oh, we did. That's okay, true. so yeah. the, let's try to get two. Um, so one each. Here's mine. New York hardcore is snapped out of existence, meaning it never existed. So what if New York hardcore never existed? What is your local scene of choice – of hardcore and all eras count uh local big event shows count vibe counts so for example if you choose boston you get it all you don't have to parse it if you choose southern california you get it all you get the bay you get it all um new york hardcore doesn't exist what what scene are you adopting okay first let me just say that while we were talking earlier and we were talking about sheer terror I was like, wow, I wonder what the crossover between, like what influence Sheer Terror and Slapshot had on each other. Uh, because mm. there, there becomes a, a, a period of both of their careers where they sound like they're shooting for the same thing. So mm. I went and looked, and that period is about a year apart. So uh, I think that that cross-pollination is just interesting given the nature of your question. But um, uh, I'm going to say an obvious answer with res- I'm going to say DC. Oh, but, good. But it's tough because no disrespect to the Coke busts of the world or anybody else. Yeah. DC, DC has been thin for a while. And mid nineties. Yeah. And that doesn't mean there hasn't been great bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just means, and it doesn't mean that they haven't had scenes. DC has had some fucking tight scenes, but for sure. it is, as far as far as bands, it yeah. is a little a little thinner than I think it should be. So, uh, but th- there's there is so much during the golden era of of DC that yeah. you can enjoy. It's a good so, answer. So Boston could have gotten it. Uh, uh, the, let's let's the, hear from Tom, uh, and then we can do this. We'll we'll do the swing. Do it. Do it. Yeah, I, was, uh, I would probably. It's tough. I either I was going between South Carolina, Southern Cali, and Boston, but I'll pro- I would go Boston just because, like, from the '80s on, like, if if I was like, New York never existed. You could have like the SSDs and the slap shots, yep. and then like, I mean the the two thousand like the ninety late nineties two thousands. Oof, god damn it! Like between Half Heart. You know, Half Heart, Suicide File, American Nightmare, Bane. Those are some of my favorite bands, like literally ever. Yeah. In hardcore, I, I don't. I think I would go as far, and I'm probably going to get my fucking card pulled. But I would probably pick Boston over New York. What? It's close. What? It's close, man. Wait, I'm, I'm marking this. Problem. I got to delete it. Tom, yeah, you. Tom, no, let's no. This is, here's the here's the thing. Here's the hard part, and I hate saying it because it's a lot. Yankees, Red Sox. The Yankees. <laughs> the Yankees killed. The Yankees had their number. Had the championships. Now, now I want to say this. I think New York's on a little uptick right now. I think New York might have won the last few years. I think New York's. Yes. I think New York might have won the last uh, ten years, actually. But from nineteen ninety, you go ninety eight to like two thousand two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, maybe right there. 
like have heartbreaks up 2009. Nobody, you, you, yeah, nobody beats Yeah, him. you have the in my eyes 10 yard fight scene. You have Bane, you have Converge, you have Cave In, you have American Nightmare. American Nightmare. Then that's Suicide File, Hope Con. You then go into the mental, the locking outs of the world. Then you go into the Have Heart. How far do you want it? You got Guns Up, you got Shipwreck, Verse, all these things. Um, it's a it's an interesting conversation. Boston Boston rocked for a long time there. What would be fun is to compare New York's decade by decade is like New York in the eighties versus Boston in the eighties, New York in the nineties versus Boston in the nineties, New York in the like do it. Maybe we'll do that on a future episode because I think that would be a fun point for point. And if we each came individually with our ideas on that, that'd be really fun. So quick story, the, yeah. uh, our, our Screamo consultant, George and mm. I were doing a lot, just doing a live stream on, uh, on Instagram mm. and Pat Flynn comes into it and George sees his name and gets so fucking excited. He starts like really like yelling, have heart lyrics. And you've never seen somebody exit a chat faster than Pat Flynn. <laughs> that Who's our Screamo <laughs> consultant, George? Uh, so George is from, uh, San Diego. Uh, oh, okay. Gr- great, great dude that runs the gamut, uh, in screamo knowledge f- from the stuff that we would be interested in to the stuff that we would rather die than, e- than even fucking validate. Uh, okay. so he's, he's, he's kind of across, across the board on it. If there's good, a, good, if good. there's a grown man screaming and rolling around on the ground, George has heard it. Wow. Okay. Uh, next question. Got to be quick, guys. Oh, Wh- whose is it? Tom, is this your turn? Either one. Either of you guys can go. Okay. Tom might be All right, I keep muting myself. I'm not realizing. Okay. Dead guy or kiss goodbye? Boom. Oh. Dead oh. guy, kiss goodbye. I think you've asked me this before, and I think I've said kiss it goodbye, and I'll stand by my answer. I think you're wrong. Yeah, I, I, go, think, I go dead guy. It's. I think they're actually close, but um, fixation on a coworker is – better than the kiss of goodbye material to me and um very few bands in hardcore make me feel that like white knuckle like grabbing a table yes i'll go i'll agree with that i'll agree like from that record that whole like get your eyes off my back part is like one of the best fucking parts oh my god you're talking me into something now i'm getting excited you know what i mean like it's just between the white meat seven inch and that fucking record i mean miss me on everything after Singer and Huckins leave, but those first two things, man. Yeah, yeah. For heavy hardcore, like if you haven't checked them out, you'll be shocked at how like it. There's something like that brings like this fucking like feral part of you out. Feral. Yeah. You start for it. I you was start, thinking you start using your hands. It's as it's as primal as something that yes. heavy can get without like with still being like quite advanced in what they were doing. You know. Yeah, I mean Andrew Gormley, incredible drummer, like in Kiss Goodbye. Um, the drummer in, in Dead Guy was also very good, um, but I just feel like those fucking Dead Guy records. God damn it! All right, Tim Sanger podcast. Someone's got to know him. Yeah, we've talked, we've talked, we've talked. I think it's just been logistics. We, we'll figure it out. Um, Patrick, close us out. Okay, uh, do we get any legitimately great political hardcore from a highly politicized moment? <laughs> No, I agree. I think sadly, I, I would hope so, but I think it's too, the, the risk is too great is what you're going to say. 
Well, that, and I think it's also sort of hard because I feel like um, I, I, the people that were writing politicized hardcore in you know the eighties, nineties, early aughts were so steeped in it that I think there was more to it. I worry that stuff here now is a little bit just more surface. Mm. Oh, I, I, I mean, I largely agree. Bob, I'd like to hear your perspective before I go off on one. Um, well, it's, uh, it's an 0 for 3. Uh, prove us wrong. Yeah, please prove us wrong. Uh, this, yeah, this, so. uh, this revolution has no soundtrack. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. <laughs> That's a fact. Well, I mean, strike, striking distance, strike anywhere, just put out a record. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what do you got? Um, go rant us out. All rant. right. I'm just going to say that uh, the risk versus reward for the majority of bands does not bear out. Um, the quick, like it used to be that you used to, you'd get roasted in MRR or, or heart attack, uh, and that hurt. But now you can be the subject of internet ridicule for like way too long. So I think the majority of bands don't. Are, e- are either going to be very superficial in, in their approach and say the things that we all know, not push any boundaries for fear of saying the wrong thing, or they're going to remain silent on these issues. Right. And maybe make the right speeches between songs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But no actual, I mean, and it, cause it's, I mean, let's be fucking realistic. I mean, someone coming f- from two bands that, you know, we were sort of political kind of, not totally. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not easy. Oh, no. I mean, we weren't just relationship lyrics, but we weren't also writing about taking down the fucking, you know, you know, the, the patriarch. You know Fuck what I mean? So it's kind of like up system. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy. So like, uh, some people won't want to take that leap because you you can come across like super fucking corny. Oh, corny? if it's done well, it's done incredibly well. But all right, so Tom, corny, you know what I mean? corny is a concern, but also it's possible that you're putting out a like. Okay, for example. Um, there's more than one way to skin a cat and real political discourse is about uh, uh, going back and forth and trying to find the thing that works. So, but in music, like I'm going to give like a really, a really beat one, like if, and it would require the band to be like of, of a community to actually have this stance and not get fucking shouted down. But like, let's say that a band said, um, you know, like, uh, like looting is an acceptable form of protest. Literally everybody in our scene is going to go, yeah, either I agree or I don't disagree enough that this is a problem for me. But mm-hmm. if a band says hard stop looting is counter, it's counterproductive and, uh, puts, puts the wrong people in the crosshairs, uh, of the government, then they're going to get murdered. They're going to get killed in our scene, despite the fact that what they said is an argument worth having, you know what I mean? Like it's not crazy. It's not offensive either. So, but I think that the risk is that they just can't like, you know, what 23 year old wants to get fucking murdered online and have his appearance mocked for, for like being like, Hey, here's my view on this thing. It's just, it's right, here's a thought that I had. Right. Uh, that's, that is, uh, that is one more, uh, stake in the, maybe the internet's bad for hardcore is that, the fear of being skewered online leads people to make safer decisions with the things they say. Uh, and not to say that people are saying hateful things, but thinking, you know, more, more out of bounds, I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, uh, good answers, everybody. Uh, th- this was a fun episode. Let I want to do 19. Well, have we talked about the year? 99. Have it's we coming what soon. Year we're doing 99. It's, it's, I want to do 99. Two parts. Do my homework. Do the homework. It's all, all good. Right. Later, guys. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, thank you again thank for, you, everyone. for joining us. Appreciate it. Stay in the streets.